glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM. And I am Jared. Hey Jared, how's it going? <laughs> uh, been alright, been alright. What about you? What's good? What's new? <laughs> oh, I'm doing alright, I'm doing alright. Uh, I just went out and voted. And it's oh, nice. very cold on my motorcycle, and my hands almost froze, but I dropped off my vote. Uh, did you vote, Jared? Rolling up on your on your hot motorcycle, like, what up, ladies? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just exercising nice. my electoral powers. No big deal. Uh, you just do a fucking power slide out of there. <laughs> so I did, and yeah. everyone's like, wow, that guy was so cool. <laughs> How did you do a power slide from, from, from a stopped position? That's incredible. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly how it went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Have you voted, Jared? <laughs> no. No, I have not. <laughs> Jared, you got to get out and vote. It's Tuesday when we're recording this. Jared, you're it in Texas. Tuesday. It's it's you got to you got to <laughs> get out. There's no way you, there's no way to reelect Governor Goodhair if everyone doesn't get out and go write him in. Governor Goodhair. <laughs> what was his fucking name? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> the guy, the guy that was governor before Abbott. Oh, Rick Perry? Rick Perry, that's my bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, the only way to reelect Rick Perry, Rick Perry, a true American hero. Man, you know, I, I I never thought I would miss Rick Perry, and then Greg Abbott came along. <laughs> Greg Abbott's way more effective at being a piece of shit than Rick Perry. That's absolutely true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh. In, in non-direct election-related news, uh, in Devolver news... Uh, Monkey Island is now out on the PlayStations and the Xboxes. Woohoo! Gen 9. That's pretty exciting. And there's new German VO for people who like their Monkey Island in German, which is great. Uh, And McPixel is releasing on November 14th. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very soon. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just right around the corner. And uh, and there's another there's another game that's being announced on the day that this comes out, and I always get nervous about saying something two two days in advance, and then like being like, oh, but what if something doesn't happen? Uh, so, uh, but another Devolver game may have just been uh, announced. <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so there's all that good stuff. Sweet news. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, oh, I for some reason was like, I can't wait to tell Jared about this. Uh, I did start watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. What? Oh, fuck yeah. Last night. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm eight episodes in. My hormone is focused. Oh yeah. uh, And I'm ready to channel my hormone energy uh, overcharge into the microphone here today. Man, it's just, just wait till you get to, uh. When they start using stands, man, that's a... <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what every... you mean. Exactly. Everything I knew about JoJo, I started watching it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So where do stands come in? They're like, no, not part three. I'm like, well, what about Harmon? They're like, yeah, they just kind of forget that at some point. <laughs> what? That the Harmon is everything. Uh, you would think, right? But, oh, man, it's... Well, and I, I will say, so part one, I like part one, but I do think it's like the weakest part. It takes a while for him to get his groove. Yeah. Um. God, what a fucking trip that show is! <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see how how it continues to be. It's 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 good, past the time, material. Yeah, 
yeah yeah and i i, I mean it's always just funny because like the the blatant use of like english band names and actors like <laughs> history yeah like robert eo speedwagon you know <laughs> yeah uh, and master tom petty yeah that that only only gets worse oh good uh, and it's not even like always contemporary so like the their the current anime is at part six and uh-huh. there's a there's a character named sports maximum and his stand is limp biscuit and man is it cool as hell <laughs> That's... And he's like, he, he has this like spooky chant to summon it. And he's like, oh, so moto, but so limpo biscuit. <laughs> so good. So, so wait, in the Japanese, it's also, because I've been watching it. I've, I've had it on, I've had it dubbed just because it's easier for me to do other things while it's on. Yeah. So they, the dub, they will change some of the dub. They've actually changed some of it. But if you watch it in Japanese, it's like the original names. So the subtitles will have the the localized title but you hear them like they say the name in english so like um there's a character in part three whose name is vanilla ice uh-huh. um but so if you're watching it in english they'll call him cool ice oh. but if you watch it in japanese they're like so vanilla ice that is fucking excellent i love that the original japanese names for all of them. i thought i thought it was like a dubbing thing like and they're like oh we'll just name this oh but no that's the that's fantastic no yeah uh the guy's name is iraq uh iraqi iraqi <laughs> something like that but he's a um like a huge fan of like american um and british music nice. and you know like when he was writing that in the 80s in japan they I, he's like well nobody really knows who ario speedwagon is <laughs> <laughs> like no one's gonna think this is weird <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's Blade. There's a, there's a villain named ACDC. Like, it's just... Anyway, we better stop now or this whole yeah. podcast I will just talk about JoJo. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we do... I, sh- I should say we apologize for not having a podcast last week. We recorded it, but there were technical difficulties uh, on, on the audio end, and we were not able to salvage that episode uh, and put it out. Um, so, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, because there's a bunch of stuff we didn't, we, we'd mentioned that we didn't, you know, uh, Hotline Miami had its 10th anniversary, which was pretty cool. Uh, you started playing the Mario, the new Sparks Raving, of Hope. Sparks of Hope. Yeah, which I, I uh, haven't started yet, but. Finished it. It's fantastic. <sighs> those, those. Um, so good. They're the best tactics games. And I, 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 I haven't gotten it yet because I know that once I start playing it, I'm going to... Like, I want to find a time where I need to kill time. Like, if I'm going to be in transit or something like that. So I can just dive in and just play the shit out of it. Yeah, that's that's what I did. I So I, I beat it and I've got... I think there's like five or six planets, which are just, you know, like the, the worlds. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten three of them 100%ed. So I'm going through and like getting all this side content and shit like that. Nice. So fun. I'm excited. Yeah, those games are so good. Uh, uh, Ra- Rabid Mario is my favorite. So one of the weird changes they did to this that I didn't know what to think of at first is that it has, like, partial voice acting. Oh. So, like, the, the characters, like, the, the text will come up with what they're saying, and they only say, like, a couple of words of it, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but, like, you know, the rabbits are always just like, yeah. whatever. But now all of the unique rabbits have their own voice, and Rabbit Mario is hilarious. Oh, like nice. You, if you pick up, like, a trophy, he's like, oh, it's the most beautiful day of my life. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Chris Barat, you're doing good work. Uh, sweet, sweet. I'm tempted, Jared, I'm tempted to do the worst segue ever. 
What do you got, Captain Subway? So here's the deal. <laughs> uh, the Twitter has been bought by the Musk. And <laughs> yes. it's going away pretty bad. It's going away pretty fast. And there's a story on there that there's a thread on there that I want to read. It's not too long. And this will count as our segue. So our guest will, will please feel free to join in on this as soon as I'm done reading this story. <clears throat> Worst segue of all time. Uh, this is this is by Chris Jones, who is at Enswell Jones. I want to say I was 16, maybe. My family went to Florida. I was and still am a passionate scuba diver. The water is the only place I feel graceful. I went by myself on a dive boat. There was me and maybe six other divers, all big, brawny men. I felt very small and hairless. You have to understand dive culture. Some people like the fish. Some people like the quiet. Some people, dudes with bad fathers, prefer to pretend they're Navy SEALs. They strap knives to their legs and wear huge watches and get all big-balled about how little air they use. This boat was filled with those meatheads. <clears throat> On our way out to the dive site, I was like, are we invading Bermuda? They were all strapped and wearing four-foot fins, telling, telling tales of how they routinely dived to 300 feet and fought sharks. Several confessed underwater murders. Today I'd be like, sorry about your shitty childhoods, but being a teenage boy is hard in some ways. I was sort of intimidated and wanted badly to belong. I did not belong. My mummy and daddy had driven me to that boat and were waiting on shore for me with ice cream. Anyway, we dived, and the biggest chet of the bunch got a wicked jellyfish sting on his face like he'd, be, like he'd been slashed with broken glass. Whether any of his other stories were true, I had no idea. But now he had a true story about the time a jellyfish turned his lips into sausages. We scrambled back onto the boat. The guy was screaming through his gritted teeth, so pretty quickly he was laid out flat on the deck. Back then, the theory was that ammonia helped to treat jellyfish stings. Apparently, it does not. A good source of ammonia is urine. <laughs> out of nowhere, these big hairy bros started pissing on his face like, like dogs fighting over a fire hydrant. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, where would I have? But I still had a lot to learn about diving and manhood. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. I shouldered into the circle. <laughs> I shouldered into the circle and peed on him too. I didn't just take a tinkle on this dude either. If you've ever gone diving, you know that you absorb or swallow half the ocean. You have to piss like a racehorse. It was like I was a bilge pump. I emptied a bucket on this guy. I was reminded years earlier of going to Cleveland Municipal Stadium, maybe? Some ballpark that had circular urinals. I had to stand there in this circle of bikers and longshoremen and take out my tiny peen and hang one. The boat was like that, but at least I'd hit puberty. We doused that guy like he was on fire. There was more urine on that boat deck than in the ball pit at Ikea. And then we all acted like the biggest fucking heroes in the world, giving each other high fives and shit. It was the weirdest thing. These guys were jacked. We headed back to shore. Piss Boy sat alone, staring out to sea. I remember thinking, he doesn't look okay. It wasn't just the jellyfish sting. That trip changed him. He'd gone out a man who'd never been peed on. He was coming back knowing that he could never say that again. Everybody else was quiet too, until one of the other guys piped up, we should have pissed into cups or something, and then poured them on you. That would have been better. And the guy just looked over like a man who wished everything was different and whispered, yeah. 
We got back and said goodbye. Six strangers brought together by fate to urinate all over another stranger's face. My parents asked me how my dive had gone. Great, I said. I didn't tell them that I had peed on a man for the first time. I just, I just, I just ate my ice cream. It was reward enough. Oh my God. In loving memory of Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure I want to be introduced by that story. Does this mean peed on someone? No, 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 no. That I forgot? Because I can't remember. No, I just, I just. (laughs) Have I peed on you? Did you, do you not remember peeing on me and Jared? No. (laughs) Yeah, it was at the Hotline 2 party. You got Mm -hmm. on stage and peed on everybody and everybody was up for it. It was. Uh, You have to explain yourself with that segue. I just, I just, I was sad about Twitter and I saved that thread because I wanted to have it and I just really wanted to share it because it's one of my uh, favorite threads I've awesome. ever heard the, in my life. The, the, the best thing about that is that like people know now that peeing on a jellyfish sting doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, <laughs> that was all for not. <laughs> we could, I'll do a better segue. So Hotline Miami just had its 10th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and to celebrate that we've got one of the co-creators here dennis whedon from sweden hello hi dennis hi that was a good story but i'm i'm, I'm gonna be honest i'm really glad that twitter is gonna die it's uh yeah. i i am i'm not gonna pee on that burning corpse that's for sure <laughs> let it burn yeah let it burn thank you musk well <laughs> <laughs> the world uh hey dennis eight how you do- doing eight dollars a month you too can have a golden shower <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it <laughs> Subscription. you have to treat yourself you, treat yourself. <laughs> uh, you know i voted i feel like i deserve something special i'm gonna go spend eight bucks and get peed on <laughs> I would, man, I feel like I would not be comfortable paying that small amount of money to be peed on. I feel no, like you want to pay more. I, uh, so there was a, there was a jackass bit <laughs> in like one of the original jackasses where like Steve-O, so he like wrapped his entire leg with saran wrap. So like his skin was secured and then he put like pants on over it and they're like, here's 20 bucks, go find someone to piss on you. <laughs> and that was like the challenge. <laughs> it was like at least 20 bucks. <laughs> But, but I, I, I mean, I'd rather pay a little to be peed on, because then you don't lose that much money. I mean, if you, I have to pay for it. I just want to make sure it's clean pee is the thing. Like, I feel like if I pay more, that I expect that, like... But then the you're peed has, on like, and broke. Hmm? Then you're peed on and broke. Peed on and broke. Spent my life savings on getting yeah. messed on. <clears throat> You spent like all this money on beef. Bear Grylls piss, man. I mean, he drinks it, so it's got to be clean. <laughs> Worst segue ever. Yeah. We get the fucking creator of Hotline Miami on the podcast, and we spend 15 minutes talking about piss. <laughs> That's a first, to be honest. It's a first. I was gonna say, see. I, I just didn't. I want. I didn't want it to be the same old, same old for Dennis. Everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Okay. <laughs> Points for effort. 
Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, it's hard to get away from now. Did you celebrate the 10th anniversary of Hotline Miami in any way? Um, not really. Fair oh, enough. We, 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 bought a, we bought a cake. For nice. Office. Nice. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure office. if we, I don't think we bought it on the correct day. Perfect. <laughs> but it was close enough. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. What was the cake? Uh, uh, it was a chocolate and and like whipped cream cake. <sighs> Yum. Store bought. Nice. You didn't get like special messaging on it. Well, we always we always tend to forget that we can spend money on stuff. <laughs> it was the same. It was the same when we did the, the Hotline Miami one release party, and we actually had money, and we yeah. bought. I, I think we bought like six beers for the whole party because we usually Ooh. just buy six of them. So it, it, we're just keeping the. We just keep keeping the traditions going. <laughs> nice, nice. Sorry, Devolver fucked up the Hotline two release party. <laughs> that was a good one, but I had nothing. I had if if I was planning that, I would. It would be that. Maybe eight beers, <laughs> and a and a and a Spotify playlist. That's fine. <laughs> Boom, you set. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations on that. That's I mean that's a long time ago now. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. I, I guess I guess we'll do like kind of the standard stuff. Like you know, just I mean, how did you get into how did you get into making games? Um. So I I met Jonathan. Through his brother, yeah. Uh, so Benjamin was was helping me doing uh, the cover art for uh, my band's uh, next release. So I drew mm. it, and he was like co- coloring it. And mm. we started hanging out. And they lived together, so I met Jonathan, uh, watching movies, and, and I uh, I knew who he was because he was uh, a bit famous in Sweden and all mm. over the world. But uh, they made a couple uh, like. Uh, uh, in that we had, had like a video game magazine, and they made a couple articles about him, so I knew him. Uh, so I eventually I, I asked him if he wanted to make a game for my band because I had like this idea to make a like a video game music video where you play through the the song. Very uh, cool. Yeah, and he was excited, but uh, he didn't want to make all of it himself. So he he said that. If I do the graphics, then he will do it. So that's the first time I, I did Pixel Art. It was back in 2010, I think. And really? the game, yeah, and the game turned out to be Keyboard Drums at Fucking Werewolf. <laughs> 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 and the reason for the name is it, it's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles logo. So it has like the same, how nice. you know? Yeah. So. And that we made that in I think uh, three weeks or month maybe, and we had so much fun that we just kept on going uh, oh, from right. that. And then eventually, uh, Nigel got his hands on the Hotline Miami demo or the Cocaine Cowboys. That was Cocaine called like Cowboys. That. Yeah, through uh, JM. Oh, it's not JM. Uh, through uh, JW. Uh, JW. Yeah, from Zambia. And yeah, the rest is history. But that's where mm. that's how I started. So I, I I don't have any like education in video game development or anything. 
And it wasn't even something you'd been doing and pursuing for a while before that. Nope. I mean, we, we made we made some games when we were kids. We had a, a program called Click and Play. I don't know if yeah. you guys know what it is, but yeah. But it was super, super basic. And I we never did any any art for it. We just used all the the, the stuff that they was already in the in the program. Yeah. Is Jared, is that the same one that Jay was talking about? Using growing up? I think so. I think <laughs> so. Right. That yeah. Right. That's I mean that's cool. Just just kids goofing around on that software. So yeah. you what were you doing with your life before Hotline Miami? Um, I was uh, going to be a kindergarten teacher. You were so going I, to be? You what? Already? Yeah, I, I was studying when I, <laughs> okay. met, when I met Jonathan. Uh, and I had been working as a kindergarten teacher for uh, maybe four or three years, something like okay. that. But then I had to get an education because they have like a... A thing in Sweden that if you don't have the proper education for a job, you can just work there for as long, and, and then they have to like hire you for real. And if you don't have the education, they can't hire you. Oh. So then I had, so then I had to get a, a proper education, which is good. I mean, it's it is. We're talking about kids here, so it's good that you know how they work. Yeah, before yes. you decide, like I'm going to get an education in this. Yeah. So yeah, I was doing that, basically playing music. Uh, so I'm, I moved to Gothenburg when, uh, like in 2004. Yeah. And yeah, basically that drawing stuff, just hanging out, playing a lot of video games. So, I mean, I have, I, I always had like a big, big fascination for like pixel art and retro games. Uh, and I love to like study animations, but never like pursuing it myself. But, uh, yeah. I had some like basic knowledge of how stuff works, how to make like a walking animation, stuff like so that. So Dennis, Dennis, eleven years ago, just absolutely does not see this coming. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> anyone back then saw this coming. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I remember like the first time I got uh, like the first big payment from mm. Devolver, and I was like, wait. <laughs> how how much is this in sweet because we get it in in, in dollars so like mm -hmm. wait this is this much in swedish no it can't be it's impossible <laughs> it can't be this much. <laughs> uh, so i was like getting a calculator and like i know it's like it's like nine kroners for one dollar it's like that can't can't make it doesn't make sense and i like told my girlfriend like can you can you please just see how much this is in, in like Swedish kroners? And she's like this this much, but no 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 can't be like that. And I called Jonathan and like something something there must be a mistake. Like someone gave us too much money here. That this is not like, so don't don't spend it. We need to get like we need to. I need to call Nigel just make sure that they they know that they must have sent us too much money. And it was like fuck. <laughs> Congrats. That's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this isn't right. Yeah, this is this is this can't be right. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I remember we got like one or two payments before like it really took off. Yeah. So you kind of knew like, oh, I mean, it was still like good amount of money. Like we were super happy, but then all of a sudden it's like, bam! It's like, <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, that's incredible. Um. What's the 
feel free to deny this question, but what's the most extravagant thing you have purchased with Hotline Money? Uh, my car. Yeah. Yeah, my my uh, 1970 Mustang. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I also spent a lot of money. I just bought like stuff for a new engine. Yeah, that's my, that's my like spending, spending money. Nice. Thing. Nice. And I mean, a couple, a couple video games also like that was ridiculously expensive, but I really, really wanted to play them. Like, all Wait, the what video stuff. games are ridiculously expensive? Oh, so we have one, we have one in, uh, that was just released. Uh, but this one I never bought, and I will never buy it. But just an example, like it was just released in Japan and in Sweden, I think, maybe mm-hmm. Norway or something as well. But it was called Mister Gimmick, mm-hmm. and and that one is just ridiculously expensive. I think like, like just old take, collectible just, games. Yeah, so it's it's for Nintendo eight bit, and I think oh, just okay. if you just want to buy the cartridge on uh, maybe uh, yeah, on eBay or like we have a Swedish ebay that's called tradiera yeah. uh and it will it would be around something like thousand dollars just for the cartridge so is that like and it's it's Damn. a good game it's a good game but it's not that good yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I bought like uh, the symphony of the night for on place on ps1 oh that nice. one is oh. that one is pretty expensive <laughs> is it shit i used to have that you did yeah <laughs> you should have kept it. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Shit. But Damn. yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm really happy that I can just keep on living basically the life yeah. that I've always been living, but for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. I see. I see that like as an investment. Just and I mean, like working on, like we're working on a new game at the moment, and mm-hmm. there's no stress to finish it because like you're 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 doing all right and you don't have to be like i mean i think that's the problem when when especially when you see all these like you know football players and stuff when they get money and they just buy five houses and all of a sudden they're like just as broke as they were before instead of just buying one house (laughs) and then just living good for the rest of their life and it's just stressful so i'd rather just keep it mellow low-key and safe which is kind of boring in a way but I, i like it it's, I mean, it makes sense. It's a it's a smart way to do it. And again, it gives you the time to relax and work on your next project. Yeah. So instead of having to scramble and be like, oh, if we don't do this, then we're going to, yeah. we're fucked. Yeah, exactly. So that's nice. What Was that the energy that went into Hotline 2 as well? Or was that still kind of, because that was pretty fast. The, uh, the development? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it like two years i think yeah yeah it was pretty hectic uh and we all we all i was i would say we almost burned out at that moment yeah so after that we decided to like work a lot less hours yeah nice keep it more chilled that's actually one of the questions i wanted to ask just you know talking to you is about because i know you have some pretty strict rules about like what you consume while you're working on a game and stuff like that like what what other games you play and what media you consume and stuff like that but i'm, I'm curious about your work ethic in general because it seems like you've got a pretty strong one um but a yeah. balanced one yeah i uh, i usually go to work at uh, around 10 11 
and then work till six and then just and we have so we have an office uh, which is really nice because it's it's hard to work at home because you get distracted a lot mm -hmm. so basically it's just like yeah just keep on grinding um, and I usually have like audiobooks or something yeah okay while I work so it's it's very like meditate meditative how do you say it almost meditative. like medit yeah, yeah meditative in a way nice nice yeah ah that's great that's great um yeah, I, I, I told myself I was going to have really good questions and I thought of them and I didn't write them down because I'm a real bad podcast host. Um, what, how, how do you... So another thing, you know, just from my experiences with you seeing you at shows and stuff like that, like how do you... Uh, fans of Hotline Miami come up and they've got... They'll have a lot of different energies. And I guess I'm just... How do you... How do you handle the how do you handle fans like how do you respond to that kind of thing i know that's a very broad question it's a hard one i i mean i'm, I'm usually I'm, i mean i'm a social guy but i'm also kind of like i like being in the background yeah uh but i mean it's hard because i i think you're it's almost like like when you play a show with your band or something that mm -hmm. you're not it's not really you in a sense yeah uh so it's more like you you're using some kind of character and it makes it easier in a way but i mean uh it all depends like some people can be really weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so it all depends but i mean most of them is just like they want to tell you that they love your game and i mean that's that's crazy and also like really cool so i think yeah. it's 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 nice both for me and for them to acknowledge it like i made something and you played it and now you're here talking to me it's it's, it's pretty crazy yeah. uh but so most of them are like that and then some people have suggestions and it's just like yeah i mean you you spend you just spend a really short amount of time with them so i'm trying to be like trying to vibe on their energy in a way yeah so if they want to talk about gameplay and why it's not as good like if they want to talk about hotline Miami 2 and why it's not as good as the one the first one then it's just like let's talk about it because i mean your like your experience is legit so yeah but That's, i mean that, that 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 level of openness i think is is really cool like just being willing to just be like sure let's talk about it for a little bit yeah but I mean, some people are also like assholes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, sh all these shows are very are like super crazy most of the time. So I don't really. I mean, it's almost like a trance in a way because uh, so yeah. you don't really remember anything. The same like playing music. You us usually afterwards you don't really remember what happened. Yeah. I, this is going to sound silly, but I do that on the podcast. I don't remember these shows. Yeah. <laughs> Afterward, it's like, oh, I was just here. Yeah, but you, I mean, you, you go into a certain kind of mindset. Like, now I'm here. Now yeah. all these stuff is going to happen to me. Uh, so you just autopilot in a way. I, yeah. I mean, it's I, 
I, I think of it as being not, like, I, so I, present that you're not remembering. Like yeah. nobody in your brain is writing anything down because you're being here. Yeah. Yeah, autopilot is a bad word because that, that feels like you're not really present, which yeah. you are. But yeah. I mean, it's just like you you know what a lot of people are going to say to you. So you have like mm. these pre-made answers that you can work mm. with. And yeah, but it's really cool. I mean, it's like seeing all these like cosplays and stuff of your characters that you <laughs> you were a part of designing and now they're like walking around here. Among yeah. like Halo, like <laughs> Master Chief and Kratos and all of them, it's like, I mean, yeah, they're they're still showing up with the same frequency. I feel yeah, like. yeah, I mean, yeah. not not the same frequencies when they're new, but it's the same as those other characters and stuff like that. I mean, even oh, yeah. the current shows we get. I mean, we just had Halloween, and I every year I get a couple photos of people like posing as Jacket. Nice. Yeah, so nice. <laughs> the only thing I'm sad that I never got the chance to see like a group of people do like doing defense from Hotline Miami 2. That was all of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them at the same time. <laughs> never happened. I've seen it on photo though. Yeah. But yeah, that would have been pretty badass. Yeah, we gotta throw a surprise fan party. <laughs> we'll get real fans who all have strong opinions on how the game could be better. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so long ago, so we're never going to fix stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over. Um, but we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Hotline Miami and more after our first ad break, since the one ad bro- break we did in the first episode. Seamless. Seamless. <laughs> The year 2012 will be seen by video game historians as a turning point for the independent game developer. One game radically altered the course not only of video games, but of human civilization. That game was McPixel. I didn't understand what they had created. However, not everything has been sunshine and hot dogs. The mere mention of the unreleased McPixel 2 sparks uncontrollable emotions in the dozens of developers who worked on the doomed project. Yeah, I was the lead systems engineer on McPixel 2. Uh, That was back when it was an open world RPG. They wanted me to uh, consult on groin cakes. Um, I was into it. I was hired as the lead composer on McPixel 2. And they told me to create over 15 hours of music with the London Symphony Orchestra for what at that point was going to be this AAA cinematic adventure game. For the full, terrifying, and unchallenged story of McPixel 2's rise and fall, visit mcpixel2.com now. Devolver Digital. Whoa, hold up. You're not following Devolver on TikTok. Huh? Do you realize you're missing out on behind-the-scenes looks, game trailers, super big memes, and even giveaways and more? So what are you waiting for? Time to come back. It's never coming back, my dudes. So follow Devolver on TikTok at Devolver Digital. You too can become young again. Devolver Digital. Imagine if, in an instant, you lost everything you truly love. And the only clue as to how that happened is a mysterious firearm 
known as the Gumbrella. Gumbrella. Love is a fundamental motivating factor in everything that we do at Doinksoft. So when this man began his search for the truth, we knew we had to tell his story. Follow one man's unyielding quest across a bitter landscape as he attempts to unlock the secrets of this most unorthodox weapon. We realized very early on that the Gumbrella is not only a firearm that can utilize several different types of ammunition, but it's also a powerful traversal tool, allowing for dashes, double jumps, and even zip lining. All things that our unlikely hero will need as he investigates ruined and crumbling towns, underground facilities, and the terraced gardens of the social elite. We've been working on unraveling the mystery of the Gumbrella for X months slash years now, and we're still uncovering new mysteries, not only about the Gumbrella itself, but about the world that it comes from. Follow Doinksoft's incredible journey by visiting Steam and wishlisting Gumbrella today. And we're back. <laughs> what an ad break. Nailing it. Oh, nice. wow. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, uh, other, I mean, it's been a long time for Hotline Miami, and it has had a huge cultural impact. And there's tons of games that I think clearly pull from Hotline Miami. Do you see that a lot? Do people have to point that out to you a lot? Like, oh, hey, this is like very inspired by hotline mammy and like how do you feel about that kind of thing um we talked about it a couple days ago it was like yeah. an interview that asked us if what we think about all the clones and to be honest i don't think that there is that many clones like proper like ripoff games which is cool yeah yeah i think it's more like people picking out stuff that they really like like i think the biggest one is the way of using uh, like synthwave music in your games. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the biggest impact the game has had on other games, which is cool because it's great music. Yeah. It's a great yeah. genre. Uh, but there's also like like the whole animal mask thing I remember was a, was a thing back then, like people pointing out certain movies uh that had like animal masks after Hotline miami was released i remember one that was like your next like a horror movie but yeah but i felt really bad for that guy because I, I think he liked Hotline miami but he was like uh i, I the the script which was actually written before the game was released so i was not inspired because everyone was like oh you stole that from Hotline miami uh, just he managed to release the movie after us, but he wrote it before. So I felt a bit sad for him. It was a cool movie as well. Um, but I remember like a Swedish uh, crime drama. I think you have it, like an American version called, it's called The Bridge. I don't know if you have it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the second episode, like second season, they had like a group of terrorists and all of them used animal masks. And we were like, <laughs> I remember because it was like, around the time the game was released i think and we all talked about like yeah maybe maybe it feels weird that they would be inspired by it but because yeah. the, i can't see the people writing it because they're kind of famous i can't mm -hmm. see them playing the game but you never know like someone mm -hmm. maybe told them like this is a cool thing but at the same time i mean we didn't invite animal masks but at the yeah. time it was <laughs> almost like we, we we put a copyright on using animal masks <laughs> 
because your 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 presence was so big that like just the the whole con- like any concept associated with the game became like associated with the game. Like if anybody has animal masks, oh, Holla Miami. Yeah. I don't think any games used animal masks though. I don't think I can remember any game that that stole no, that gimmick. No, yeah. I mean, I was thinking games like Ape Out, mm. uh, which people will compare to it, or uh, Angerfoot currently from free mm. lives has like kind of a first person hotline vibe yeah um, but it's just it's just the vibe which is cool yeah you can it's never like a, a like a clone like someone didn't put any effort in trying to make something else out of Hotline miami i mean i've seen some stuff like there's i think there's like a a mobile game or something that people tend to send me on instagram and it's like they stole everything and they pretty much stole everything like yeah level layout and all of it but for the most most part i think it's just being like people usually just say like this game has the vibe of hotline miami but it's not like a, a, like a steal or anything which is cool yeah yeah i mean do you, do you feel how do, i mean i don't know how you would but do you feel the sense of having impacted a lot of games that have followed thereafter um yeah, I but I also felt like now with the like the tenth anniversary and we had, we did like a couple of people did like uh, articles mm-hmm. talking to a bunch of developers, and I think that's the first time I that we saw like the proper in like influence and inspiration inspiration we had on on other people, which is yeah. cool. That was really cool. I really enjoyed reading the, the articles that has came out last couple of weeks and seeing like all these people like being inspired not by just only by the game but also like by how we work and mm-hmm. yeah it's cool that is cool yeah it is cool <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's so much more like like uh, i always we always have to remind ourselves that hotline miami it, there's so much more than just making a good game it has to be like in the perfect moment and everything has to be like every like all the stars and all the planets has to be aligned in a way yeah. for it to be what it what it became and yeah i'm extremely grateful for that for all of it i mean like how like all of nigel's little pr stunts that he did like mm-hmm. leaving like the the leaving the messages on the on the phone thing and then making it into a trailer and all of those stuff. It's just yeah, amazing. He's a genius. <laughs> sure is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you, you, there's, there sure is luck, right? Like all the stars have to align, but you did also like have to make something that could live up to. Oh yeah, for sure. Attention. Right. For sure. I'm just saying like this, when, when people ask how, like, how do you make a game? like that yeah. and it's just yeah you have to make a good game and something special and yeah and, and I, I feel like you the biggest advice and the biggest like thing that we're working uh, towards is always trying to make a game that doesn't exist at the moment but you really want to play it yeah uh, i think that's a good advice but it's also like yeah so much more like i mean at the time like the whole retro thing was kind of like building and with like the music and like how drive started like you started to see like a trend towards like synthwave and the 90s and and all of that and 
we came out like the perfect moment, I think. Yeah. Which helped the game to be something more than just a really good game, I think. If that when makes you sense. Got... Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's like it's it's you know almost the same game as as Fall Guys. Um, but it is kind of the same thing where Fall Guys was a cool game, really great game, and really wonderful, mm. but it came out at the best time yeah. that Fall Guys could have come out. It was like yeah. the pandemic, people wanted something lighthearted and fun that still felt like they were playing, like the, the, where they were playing with other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was really perfect for, for you know, so it's, it's about making a good game, but then there's also just luck. Yeah. Um, because there's so many good games that never uh, yes. get famous. Yes. Uh, and exactly. that's, you know, a bummer. Um, but, you know, there's no sadness. There's no shame in that. Um, Y'all's process, I'm curious about how much of it is, is it all pre-planned? Do you know what's going to be in the game long before it happens? Or how much of it is improvised as you go along? You say, oh, like, this really needs to be like this. Do you get inspired halfway through, or do you commit to what you plan to do? Um, I think we try to make like the gameplay pre pretty solid, and like trying to figure out what the game is gonna be in yeah. the beginning. Uh, with Hotline, so with Hotline from the beginning, it was just gonna be like an arcade game, just gameplay pretty much. Yeah. Uh, before like Devolver jumped on and wanted asked if we want to make it a bigger game mm -hmm. and help us out, uh, but like with the new game, we made like a really low-fi, graphically like rough uh, prototype. Yeah, but like just to see that the gameplay works, and then like. From that point, the gameplay doesn't really change that much. Like for Hotline Miami, it was, I mean, you're tweaking like AI and stuff, but you're not yeah. really adding that much. Then when we come to like the story and all of that, that kind of like evolves over time when we're working. Like some some stuff might change or some stuff might get more uh, more screen time, mm -hmm. something like that. But I mean, we try to have we try to have like some kind of idea what it's gonna be, like some kind of sure. vision uh, before we start, so we can see that it's like a point in making it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we leave a lot of stuff to being like, because you want to be inspired all through the project in a way mm -hmm. as well. So you don't want to have everything in set in stone, because then it's just, yeah. So some stuff we leave to when we get there and we see what happens yeah that makes absolute sense because when you by the time you get there you have all this you're informed on everything around it yeah and so you're like oh this makes sense if it's like this yeah i mean hotline Miami 2 was very much inspired by the first one we had we had some details that we already knew what they meant like how beard was talking about san francisco and like the bad stuff that happened there we already knew that within the game that San Francisco had been nuked, uh, but we didn't tell anyone. We didn't leave any like clues for that in the first one, but that was something yeah. that we wanted to explore in the second one. But the rest of it is very much inspired by the world that we created, and the gameplay uh, is. I mean, some stuff happened, but it was very solid. The first ones we didn't 
tweak that much so mm. it was more of like freestyling the story see what had happened like moving levels around to see how the flow worked mm. uh, like the tarantino's tarantino way of telling the story that we wanted to do yeah but i mean i mean a, a lot of the stuff is like very reactive uh, how do you mean? That's, that's that's why it's really hard to like talk about how we made the game because a lot of it is just it just happens at the moment like yeah so i i can't like some people want to talk talk about like how special memories from when developing the games and we don't mm -hmm. really remember that much because it just like it just happened in a way <laughs> <laughs> is it, I mean, is is it similar to what you're talking about, like being on stage and stuff like that? Yeah, maybe. Uh, with music, where you're just doing the work that you're doing. Just, just letting like the the. You're just letting it flow, in a way, yeah. and you don't think that much about it. Uh, while you're doing it, and also like walking, working like around the clock <laughs> maybe have fucked up memory a bit as well but yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean that's i mean that's you know it's it's a lot of work that's where the work happens is just buckling down and doing the work yeah but usually like someone just like an idea just pops up in your head and you just either jonathan or me and we like just oh i had this idea like yeah let's try it out and not really it's, yeah, it's hard to it's, it's hard to talk about how it happens but yeah fair enough fair enough but it works between you guys and that's what's yeah. important yeah like y'all have a way of communicating and jamming together yeah and making we, things happen yeah we usually just talk about what we were working on at the moment and then mm -hmm. and then we just go our separate ways in a way yeah for a, for a while and just like yeah and then we meet again uh oh, it's, it sounds so pretentious talking about like making video games because i mean I, I i guess a lot of people work the same way yeah oh you mean just like in in every job maybe maybe yeah. so i don't want to sound like it's like oh it's like this magical thing but it's it's hard to talk about how it happens and like how how did we decide upon the gameplay and how did you come up with the story and yeah because there's like there's not a like a a, a certain point that you can like think back to and like oh that's when we decided that the AI needed to be like this or that's when we decided that jacket was yeah. in a coma or because uh, it just like all of it just like yeah. I guess that's what I mean when I when I when I brought up like your work ethic and like kind of the mentality I've I've seen in, in you is is that it does just like you know it is it is art and it is a creative process mm. but there's this very much this sense and I mean I think most game developers experience it but it is the work mm. and you don't I I really like that you don't like pretend that it's magical or pretend that it's something you know I mean it is still magical. But it's, 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 I don't know, it's the work. I mean, and, and what you and Jonathan have, I think, is 
could be described as magical. It's special. If you have someone you can communicate with, if you have oh, a yeah. good team, right? If you have yeah. someone you can j- jam with and jive with and you, you work together well, that's, that's, that's good magic. Yeah. Yeah. That's magic for sure. Like how we work together. I think yeah. that you can, you can do that. And that's also like, uh, I think it was Mike who talked about it. Maybe he talked about it in like the documentary we did yeah. when releasing Hot Millennium too. But I think it's just like, it's so much like the uh, the group that happened, like that gets together. You can't replicate that. Like other people can't replicate what we're doing at the same time that we can't replicate what other people are doing. I think you need yeah. to like realize what you can do and what you can bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, for, for us, we don't really think about what other people will think about the game because we always want to make the game that we want to play. Yeah. So, so if, if it's a good idea, it is a good idea. If it's like, if someone brings up like, oh, maybe it should be like this. And it's like, oh man, that would be so cool to play that game if it was like that. And then you just yeah. do it instead of like <laughs> trying to discuss why. And yeah. So there's very much an experimental aspect to a lot of these things. It's like, try it, see if it works. Yeah. But I think for, for like the gameplay side of it, that's, that, uh, that needs to work pretty bare bone from the beginning. If we, yeah. if we're gonna, uh, feel inspired to do something else with it. Yeah. I mean, I, so like seeing old builds of like, like cocaine cowboy or, you know, early prototypes of that y'all have done, like, it's, it's really nice to see like the core is there. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like the, it's like the pitch build for Gungeon and stuff like that. The core is there. The gameplay is there. Like, yeah. You have that built and you only have like a tiny level maybe showing how it works, yeah. but it's there and it's like 90% done, like won't yeah. change very much over the course of even several years. Uh, and that's, I think, really, I don't know, like a long time ago, you know, we've done episodes about like pitches and stuff like that. And, you know, we see pitches all the time. And, and a lot of the time, one of the most frustrating things about a pitch is that they describe what they think the game will be. And then you play what they have. And none of that is present yeah. in the demo. They've just got, they've, they've got some cool graphics. They've got some, some pretty environments and stuff like that. But the gameplay itself is still still very generic and mm. it's not tight and it's it's like it's like oh like it's it's interesting because i think for a lot of the, the the gameplay and the art and the story and all that stuff all evolve together instead of what you're talking about where you've got the gameplay you've got something very core i mean and you know hotline my aim is a relatively simple game you know mm. you don't have extensive you know inventory management or yeah. you know relationship status with npcs and stuff like that but even still like just any if 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 the if the conceit of a game is like it is this type of game it's so good to see it even at the the base level even like in at the smallest demo prototype stage you've got yeah. it there and you're locked on how this works and this works well. So then everything else feels easy to say yes to, right? It's like, oh, this works great. And I can just see you putting it in different levels and extrapolating from there with this core of good gameplay. Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, uh, what you were talking about when you're like pitching an idea for a game, mm-hmm. 
like it, it's the same for us but between me and jonathan like we we pitch this idea for this new game to each other but mm-hmm. then you need to like to see really quickly if that's something that we can do or if it's like actually a good idea because i mean it's impossible to see it in your head how yeah. it's gonna work and i also feel like it's important that the gameplay like like if it's, if you have like a really i wouldn't say ugly but really bare bone uh prototype that doesn't have a lot of like cool music or cool graphics or like interesting story but you just have something like simple and it's yeah. still fun to play around and around and around but it doesn't really lead anywhere and you don't have all these like flashy cool like hooks to it yeah. then i think like you have a really good idea but I mean, from as you said, from that point, like everything you add, like music, graphic, will just enhance this, at the moment, really fun idea. Yeah. Because I think it's problematic if you like start with like the graphics and you make all these cool sprites and like it looks amazing, mm-hmm. but then when you start fiddling with like the gameplay, and you kind of get lost because the game looks great, which, which like kind of blurs. Yeah. how you how you perceive like the gameplay because yeah it maybe it isn't fun maybe it's just nice to look at and there's and... some oh sorry no no I'm, I'm... but there's just so many games that are like cheap like i don't know game mill games that they they churn out but they're gorgeous like the artists working on them must be like putting so much work into these environments and these characters and stuff mm. like that and then there's the gameplay is just there's just no real gameplay it's just and I think they know that, you know, for a lot of people, like, that's, you know, as long as it's flashy, they'll at least buy it, and then they'll try it. Uh, maybe okay. they'll, maybe it'll stick, but... I think, I, I mean, that's, like, the, the, the worst kind of people. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But, I, but, I, but I also feel like it could be, like, so they had an idea, and they made all these cool sprites, and, mm. and it just, they just couldn't get it where they wanted it. But you just kept on going and eventually you just have to release it because yeah you have to release it maybe because you have like sure. obligations to someone or you need to make money yeah but i i think a lot of them they really they really went in with the intentions of making a cool game that they had an idea for yeah but maybe somewhere along the way they should have like they should have started from with the gameplay i think and because you have all these like graphics and cool stuff and then you just try and try and try and tweak it but it will not ever get to where you want it yeah and yeah and video games are so special in that it really doesn't have to look good to be fun your imagination will do so much work if you have a fun game yeah um and i mean it is video games you have you you're playing something which means like gameplay should be upfront it should always Mm -hmm. be number one for me but then you have like all these different types of gameplay but whatever the game wants you to do it needs to do well and then all like everything else will come along i feel yeah there's an exception i think to the better graphics making a game better and this is going to this is this is not throwing shade or anything like that. It's a perfectly lovely game, but the difference between Nidhogg and Nidhogg Two, mm-hmm. uh, where they added like characters and they've got like faces and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I really liked those stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> they were really clean 
and their blood was great. Yeah, um, Nidhogg Two is still fun and cool. Yeah, I kind of like that graphic, but I see what you, you like... com- yeah, I see what you're. You're, I mean, the first game is great. Yeah. But I feel like the second game is just like a, a revision of the first one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But that's just for me, like sometimes like just the simplest thing. Like oh, the, yeah. The simple stick figures that has so much. It's just so nice. Um, what do you think the fans are going to think of Denaton making as your next game, Piku Niku 2? Do you think they're going to respond <laughs> well to that? Mm, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should add some like peeing or something. <laughs> you got that. You got, got me. <laughs> there, we, there we go. What a perfect loop around. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, we're almost at time too, so that's great. Group peeing. Group peeing. Yep. Yeah. Pee party. Pee party from Denaton coming out in uh, December of 2022. <laughs> Check it out. Uh. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I really wanted to like join you at the JoJo part. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, you watch <laughs> JoJo? <laughs> oh man! It's awesome! It's awesome! Yo, what's, what's your favorite part? <laughs> I mean, for for me, I haven't watched a lot of it. Jonathan knows more about it, but I I I have a lot of like art books. Because I mean, just just how he designs characters—they like look like insane photo models, all of them—and oh, I love yeah. that. Part. I love that part. And I, I, I mean, I love mangas and animes yeah. that where the where where like you can see that the creator is really into fashion. Oh, absolutely! Feel, yeah. yeah, and I feel <laughs> like it brings so much to the characters. And it's the same with like One Piece for me. Like all like the, like all the designs, you can see that he's like so into fashion and all types of fashion, and that's what makes all of them really unique. But then, I mean, <laughs> I would just I, I was really trying not to start laughing when like you're dropping like Limp Bizkit and all of that. Like, all of that. <laughs> it's like it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it is just the it's an amalgamation of things that should not work. Like yeah. <laughs> characters with those names, just like like the the fashion element like the the whole thing is very homoerotic like oh yeah it's just it's just marvelous <laughs> we have There's... that so, so i can give you a bit of a, a tease i think we already did it did, did this in some interviews but the, so the new game is very anime inspired like 90s anime inspiration yeah. and like trying to name characters the way that japanese creators <laughs> name characters it's, i mean it's impossible it's, it's impossible like even if you just like smack like two random words together it doesn't work it's like we there we're talking magic the way yeah. they're naming them <laughs> like the way they splicing like two names together and it just mm-hmm. it just works i mean i'm so jealous <laughs> there's like an earnest awkwardness to it yeah like, but it, it's like... a, you really have to believe that it's a cool name i think i think that's the issue yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to commit, and it's like this is an awesome name. And then when we see it, it's just like yeah, it's an awesome name. But when if I wanted to create it, it was like this sounds stupid. Yeah, but it's <laughs> until you until you name someone Speedwagon, and it's like and, and that character comes alive. 
Dennis the becomes like, oh, Dio. of course, of course. He's His name is Dio Brando, too. It's yeah. like <laughs> Ryan James Dio and Marlon Brando. Just like, uh, like that's so lazy, but so amazing at the same time. So amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, we have, a, we have a problem there trying to, yeah. to mimic that sense of naming stuff. We'll see how it goes. We have yeah. maybe we need to like outsource it to Japan. There you go. Yeah, just just like hey, name these characters. Name for these us. characters. <laughs> what was corn, it? Uh, corn mystery men. The bad guy was Casanova Frankenstein. <laughs> Such a good name. Ah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's a weird show. There's all these like weird like. Oh my gosh, like when like when they're being dramatic and like they'll have these very earnest like fade-ins of characters that have died like appearing over the shoulders of characters <laughs> and it's so sincere that and it's brilliant. It's, it's bad, but it works. Oh yeah. You have this like, I, like within the same episode you have like all of that hokey stuff and then it's like, oh yeah, and then he just burns someone's dog alive. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, there's no consistency of tone. Like, I really never know what the fuck is going to happen next. That's the genius of Japan, (coughs) for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been a while since we brought it up. I'm I'm surprised you don't play Grand Theft Auto online, Dennis. You love cars. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say that that is a car game though <laughs> fair enough fair enough i'm oh i'm playing an amazing game so if we're talking like uh like crazy imagination yeah eternal cylinder oh nice oh yeah those guys i mean oh it's so good and and mm-hmm. that's also like the way they name characters. It's just genius, <laughs> genius. Can't remember anybody's name from it. Oh, so like the the main bad guy is just a mathematician, and it's like this mm. giant robot. But also like all like the the animals. It's just like someone fell on the on the keyboard in a way. <laughs> but it's just like it just works. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's an amazing game. I just love seeing like someone who's like you don't you, you you don't really know where they got the inspiration from i feel like japan is a lot like that it's like mm-hmm. how did you come up with this because they're like and i feel like so the guys making eternal Zealand, they're they're are they from brazil or spain or something i don't know i feel like we should know that yeah because it's uh it's a it's sorry a about good shepherd game yeah but i think something like something like that yeah um uh, but yeah, it felt like they just take inspiration from other stuff than we do. Yeah. And it, I, I just love consuming stuff like that. I really love Spanish games, I've found, like an art. Mm-hmm. Like, we, I mean, Deconstruct Team. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there's something in the way that they do things that is very, I don't know, there's, 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 it's... It's like strong and like powerful, but also like sensual. Mm-hmm. And this the way that they combine those two. I just really, really love. Uh, I agree. I agree. 
that's it's also why I'm I'm really interested in like seeing all these like new games from other parts of Asia that is like oh yeah hopefully coming out like uh, what's it called like uh, uh, myth something black myth dark myth oh, I don't know about this with like uh, uh, the the monkey monkey is it called the monkey king oh the monkey king is that the that yeah i'm sorry i yeah i've seen that that's coming out of china isn't it yeah, yeah. i really hope that it's coming out i think yeah, they have I some pro- I, I think they have some problems but yeah it's, that, that's also like those games where it's like holy shit because they have so m- others many like different inspiration sources yeah it's talking really about cool. games coming out of uh, different parts of Asia. I'm really curious if uh, anything's going to come out of Vietnam referencing um, us in Vietnam, <laughs> our time in Vietnam. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, interested, but I'm genuinely interested to see, like, you know, video games. Because we've, we've made all kinds of movies and, and art and media and some mm-hmm. games about, like, mm-hmm. the Vietnam War. It would be very interesting to see oh, games yeah. come from, like, Vietnamese creators. About. Do we ha- do we have any Vietnamese I developers? I, I I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm not aware. I assume there must be, but oh I, yeah, I'm I'm personally not aware of any. Um, but yeah, that sounds like just you, you said other parts of Asia. And I just started thinking of other Asian countries. I was like, huh, Vietnam. That'd be that'd be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, I feel like that's one like a really interesting thing that they started to make more video games and like wanting to to share it with the rest of the world and yeah. that they get get a lot more attention from us yeah that i feel like that's very i'm very fingers crossed that we get a lot of cool games from them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then hopefully we can be more interesting as well and maybe <laughs> think outside the box yeah, like Call of Duty outside the box. <laughs> I wonder what that could be. <laughs> How do you think outside the box there? We're bringing food and medical supplies to people around the world. <laughs> We're helping farmers irrigate their fields and restore the land that we may or may not have blown up in previous episodes of Call of Duty. I think, I think oh. it would just would be cool if... if if, for for example, if Asia becomes become bigger and a lot of their IPs take over, become oh yeah, that maybe we have to come up with new IPs as well, because it feels very stagnant here. Like it's safe, yeah. and hopefully they can stir the water a bit so we get so they have to come up with new stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of like, you know, we're talking about Jojo, like that's a Japanese guy setting characters in England, London with like bits of British history and a bunch of like inspired <laughs> by British games. But that really is that that kind of thing you're talking about. So like as hopefully more like Eastern cultural influences come over here, people will then be inspired to, you know, amalgamate those ideas. Yeah. But Each also part like is a, in a different part of the world, by the way. Just to... oh, sorry. I am <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's oh, thing that's dummy. cool. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that is cool. <laughs> but I mean, like talking with like people working in 
in the bigger companies you mm -hmm. hear about all these like ideas that were pitched that yeah. you were like holy shit why didn't they make that game instead because it's not safe right because it's not safe but yeah. i mean like just imagine all all cool games that you will never get to play so i'm, I'm uh. just praying that they have to start some new ip soon mm -hmm. well thanks for being on here dennis Appreciate oh, thanks for time. having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, have you heard Jared do the thing? Oh, shit. Nope. <laughs> uh, do you guys like video games? Well, if you like video games, particularly the ones published by Devolver Digital, then you can check them out on Twitter for $8 a month. At <laughs> Devolver Digital on Twitter. Uh, we got a Discord, discord.gg slash DevolverDigital, and there's a Fortcast sub-channel in that channel, whatever those are called in these days. Uh, let's see, we got the TikTok, Zach Galling, making some great Tic Tacs for the, for the Zoomers out there. I'm sure you'd appreciate them. They is bussin' as fuck. Um, we got a Facebook, uh, we got a, I mean, we got a website, I guess, but, you know, that's, uh, what else? What else? No MySpace, uh... YouTube channel. Uh, that's it, I think. Twitch and maybe. Instagram. Oh, and Instagram. Fuck. I suck at this. Uh, yeah, we got the iGram. Got some good shit on there. TikTok. Damn, we're gonna. Yeah, what? TikTok. Yeah, we got that TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> for the for the fellow kids out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thanks everybody for nice. listening. That's a good one. It's a pretty good thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye.